listener warning. This show is intended to be a forum to help people navigate day-to-day life challenges. If you are in crisis, please call your provincial crisis line or reach out to a mental health professional for appropriate support. Are you stuck in a bad situation at home or at work? Not sure how to save your relationship? Struggling with overwhelm? You're at the right place. This is Coping with therapist Yona Budd and Dr. Gantz Ferentz, a registered psychologist on Shake Annam. Today, January 15th, is what has come to be known as Blue Monday, the most depressing day of the year. Like a lot of special days, this one did in fact start out as... Well, a marketing ploy, this one by a travel company, but no one denies it, and it really does make sense for for any number of of different reasons, especially here. I mean, think about it. Days are short, nights are long. Maybe you're dealing with the hangover effects from, well, too much food, fun, spending over the holidays, all those things, and the topper is just so cold. I mean, holy cow, the weekend we've just gone through, minus 36, minus 37, it's brutal, right? So if you are feeling blue, you're not alone, and we'd like to try and help you out today. For the next hour, we have with us Dr. Gans Ferentz, who's a registered psychologist and overwhelmed specialist in Edmonton. Uh, for practical, down-to-earth advice, visit askdrgansvip.com. We also have Yona Budd, who is a performance coach, a therapist, and host of At Your Best on 630 Chad and QR Calgary Saturdays at 9. You can get in touch with him at yonabud.com. Uh, gentlemen, thank you both for being here today. I do appreciate it. I think this will be a lot of fun. Hey, hey Shay, thanks for having us. Um, now, if you are struggling today and you'd like some help from Yona or Dr. Gans, give us a call, 780-496-0063-403-974-8255. We want to help as many people as we can in the next hour, so we're going to get right to it. We're just going to jump right in. We've been asking people to send us questions for a few days now, and you have through email, through text. This one came from our voicemail. Hello, my name is Gary. I'm in my 60s. I'm looking for ways or tools to help reduce stress and frustration in order to cope with everyday life. Not only did I have ordinary challenges like marriage, children, finances, friendships, extended family, but I sustained a significant head injury causing damage to my brain and eyesight several years ago. Even to this day, I am trying to figure out ways to keep positive and not allow depression to dominate. Unfortunately, I run into challenges that I find extremely difficult to overcome. I feel that I am isolating myself more. Even by doing that, I am noticing challenges still present themselves. Things like world issues, household duties, environment are all some of the things that are unavoidable. And I have to remind myself that this is part of life and just to bring it to a level I can handle. My biggest challenge is when I'm in a stressful situation that I can't stop or reverse what has happened. I'm searching for a signal or tool that can help me break out of this. Thank you. All right. Thanks so much for that phone call. A lot going on there. Dr. Gans, let's start with you. You're sitting here. Um, I mean, yeah, there, there's a lot happening yeah. there. Where would you even start? Well, yeah, just a feel for this this man because it's just been so much that he's had to go through, right? One of the first things I would say is it, it really does illustrate how stress and trauma and different things can pile up for people, regardless of what your situation is. No matter how strong you are, no matter what your other um, uh, strategies or competencies might be, 
we all have our breaking point where things start to affect us. So for this gentleman, uh, first thing I would say, anybody, for him or anybody dealing with heavy stuff like this, definitely you don't have to go through this alone. Right. Yeah. There is help available. Definitely go and connect with a psychologist, another mental health professional, and talk to them because this is about, you know, the cumulative effect of stress and anxiety and, you know, to the point where you're not sleeping. At, at this point, one of those things that really does help us cope is sleep. And uh, unfortunately, he's having a difficult time with that as well. You know, I mean, how much is there, uh, Dr. Gans, I think, is, is alluding to the fact that we, when you get this giant pile of problems, it can be overwhelming. Do you need to start pulling it apart piece, piece by piece and dealing with as much as you can per day kind of thing? I mean, it can seem like so much. Yeah, Shay, that's bang on the money, brother. Uh, to, to Dr. Gans's point, you know, it's a lot, a lot, a lot going on at once for this fella. Um, I take it down like the way I do it. I, I take my own life down into bit parts. Uh, I try, try try to take the pressures of the day uh, as kind of more, uh, you know, more extreme in terms of what I have to get done today. So I try to limit the number of tasks that you have mm-hmm. to do and make sure that he's fitting some joy in between all these tasks. Whatever he can do to put a smile on his face, whatever he can connect to or talk to or go see somebody, watch something on a television, look at a, at a particular photograph, something that can help him find some joy in the day will make his stress uh, much easier to manage. And uh, and the third thing is that, you know, if you if you can manage the concept of mindfulness, if you can, he's oh, got no. some spare time, he can get on the web, learn something about mindfulness, it'll help him a lot in terms of getting through uh, day by day and uh, making the days a little less overwhelming because it doesn't feel like a whole month, just feels sure. like seven yeah. or eight hours at a time. Well, you know, to jump on that point about mindfulness, too, one of the things that's really missing in this person's life is a, a sense of safety, a sense of calm. Yeah. And so, <clears throat> excuse me. And so when, when you know, we, we go through stuff in our lives, uh, sometime through the day, just by random, um, you'll you'll start to feel safe, you'll start to feel okay. It's really important to pay attention to that because you want to almost practice that state of feeling safe and feeling calm, especially because of all these these triggers that have happened, these things that have happened, they really do, uh, they trigger the fight or flight response in mm-hmm. all of us. And that's something we have no control over. So it's not a matter of being smart or knowing, you know, having knowledge, it's just a fact of how our physiology and our brains are set up. So if you're feeling this, if you're feeling this sense of overwhelm and feeling, you know, just kind of piled up on, in those moments where you feel calm, in those moments where you feel safe, you want to pay attention to that feeling because then you're practicing it, you're Get helping to create, yeah. yes, exactly. Yeah. You're creating pathways in your brain for that, that state of being. Yeah, and I think to that point, uh, Dr. Ganser, you're bang on. I think to that point, you know, if you can draw in your mind from those positive mm-hmm. experiences when you feel overwhelmed and you take yourself back to an overwhelming moment and you say, okay, I've done, I overcame this. I was able to get through it. I got on the other side of it. I can do this again, right? Yeah. So positive self-talk, I'm sure there's tons of negative self-talk going on there, but uh, positive self-talk I think is just great for all of us. And I think if we can have that balance of some memories or some experiences we can pull from that tell us, you know what, I am strong enough. I can do this. I've done this before. It's not so overwhelming. I can make this happen. That positive self-talk, I think, is probably uh, right up there with some of the best medicine you can have. Uh, Dr. Ferentz, Yona, we, uh, believe it or not, we're already up to our first break. Uh, this is going to fly by. And, uh, there's questions coming in. we got a lot of questions we're going to be asking you, so let's squeeze in a quick break. We're back with Yona Bud and Dr. Gans Ferentz right after this. Are you struggling? You're not in crisis, but you know it could be better. Well, we've got some tools. We know how to help. 
This is Coping with therapist Yona Budd and Dr. Gans Ferentz, a registered psychologist on Shea Ganim. <laughs> This is Coping, a special hour on the show today, right up until 11 o'clock, uh, as Copy we take that. your calls and text 780-496-0063-403-974-8255. As you heard, we have two pros, Yona Budd and Dr. Gans Ferentz here to help you out if you're having a hard time. We've got Chris from Edmonton on the line. Chris, I think, wants to go a little deeper into some of the things we were talking about. Chris, go ahead. What's your question? Yeah, can you hear me, Shane? Yeah, got you loud and clear. Okay, uh, yeah, just a great uh, topic this morning, and sounds like you've got some really great guests on. Um, I wanted to uh, dig down further into this whole issue of mindfulness, and firstly, what does it mean exactly? How do you practice? Okay. Um, Chris, your line's, Chris, your line's breaking up. Yeah. So I'll, yeah. I, I'll, I'll take the question. I'll let these guys answer it, but uh, I appreciate you calling. But, yeah, your line's breaking up a little bit. But, yeah, Dr. Gans, mindfulness, and we hear it a lot. Yeah. What does it mean? Well, it, you know, mindfulness is basically um, meditation light, I guess. It's an easy way to get into it. Uh, it's really just being able to focus. And it, it's funny. It's almost like a misnomer. It's like it's almost mislabeled because it's not really being in your mind. It's really being in your body. It's about being getting in contact with your senses and so you know if you're walking like in Edmonton and Calgary and (laughs) where we are right now if you're walking outside you can actually feel how cold it is you can feel the crispness of the air you can feel you can listen to the sounds of your feet hitting the floor when you know you and I off here we're talking about washing dishes feeling the the wetness of the water and the, the slipperiness of the soap it's really just paying attention to whatever you're doing at that moment a nice thing to do well not for me I'm I don't have hair but when you're shampooing your hair, right? You feel the shampoo, you smell the shampoo, you feel the warmth of the shower. It's those sorts of things. It's really coming to your senses. What that does, it helps to focus you in so that it shuts the mind off and you stay present. And, you know, my psychologist that I see always tells me there's safety in the present moment. When you're in this present moment, you're, the things are okay. And that really helps to, as Yona was saying, uh, help your nervous system to settle down, help you to feel good and help to create some of that positive um, positive physiology that we need to kind of manage our mind as well. And, and Yona, that's part of it. Is get, it, it. We call it mindfulness, but it's literally getting out of your head for a moment, right? Giving your brain a break and just sort of experiencing the world around you. Yeah, the way I explained it, the way I explained it, uh, Dr. Gans, uh, I think laid it out perfectly. But the way I explain it in simple terms to people is, you know, if you're stuck in thinking about yesterday, and you're focused way too much in worrying about tomorrow. The only experience that you have any control of or can interact with that makes any real sense is today. And the best way I can teach you how to be in today is to if, if we work on practicing mindfulness. So it's 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 staying in the moment. It's the best solution to anxiety and depression on either side, right? Depression from yesterday, anxiety from worrying about tomorrow. Mindfulness is really, uh, certainly for someone like me, I, I deal with, I have issues with anxiety disorder and such. Um, you know, I deal with it by staying in the present, staying in the moment. Like right now I'm on the show with my buddies and I'm, I'm having a good time and uh, you know I'm not thinking of what I got to do later today or even tomorrow or actually even what happened yesterday uh, in order for me to be at my best I need to be focused right here right now makes sense be in the moment you'll hear coaches say that all the time uh, let's yes, go sir. to Rick in Edmonton Rick has a question for you too hi Rick go ahead hey how are you guys uh, great topic here 
just a quick question, because while it's there's stress in the workplace, there's also a lot of stress in leading people in the workplace. Mm. And I work with business leaders, and what I'm hearing more and more these days is that I genuinely want to help my people, and yet some of the decisions they're making in their personal lives mean that they come into work compromised emotionally and mentally. So they want to help these individuals with those decisions they're making in their personal lives, but they're either hesitant or scared, quite frankly, to step into that personal domain because people may say, hey, you're offside or you're wading into a place where you don't belong. How do business leaders bridge that gap and help people make better decisions in their personal lives? Because obviously then a better employee will show up at work and a happier individual will uh, emerge from that. Great question. Okay, uh, Rick, Iona? Uh, um, what would you uh, say? Great. Thanks, Rick. Uh, thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. That's a great question from a from a coach's perspective. You know, I spend half my time coaching executives and corporations and such. Um, the thing I tell them is, you're a great manager of the shoe enterprise that you run, but you know zero about managing someone's stuff at home. So don't pretend to do that. You know, unless you've got somebody in your HR department that's capable, you need to have an either an outside resource like a therapist and a coach or someone that can you can best refer this person to. But what I tell managers managers to tell their folks, and we do this with exit strategies um, uh, in, in terms of exit uh, interviews or, or stay interviews, uh, you know, we find out what they think of on their way to work and what we think about on their way home from work. And, the, and their skill is to teach someone how to decompress what they leave the home with before they get to the office and vice versa. You have to do it in reverse. So listening to great podcasts, um, you know, these are, these, are, these are the kinds of things that a, a manager can suggest without getting into a therapeutic mindset mindset. You know, decompress yourself on the way in, decompress yourself on the way home. If you got stuff and you're really struggling and it's keeping you from focusing at work, let me give you a number of someone that we that the company's attached to or here are several therapists you could choose from. Dr. Gans would be a great choice. Uh, if it's a company in Alberta or anywhere, uh, he'd be a perfect guy to, to have uh, come in and help you with that kind of stuff. So it's really bringing in the experts, knowing how to say, I can't really help you with this, but I feel for you. This is what I do. And then have the manager practice that decompression and compression on the way in and out. Yeah, I to- totally agree. And thanks for the pitch, <laughs> Yona. <laughs> um, appreciate that. Um, but but yeah, no, absolutely. You know, um, the idea of not having to be the specialist, because you are a specialist in your job, but this is a totally different area that, you know, most people are not trained in and it freaks a lot of people out, right? So just, yeah. to, just own that you don't know, but have somebody that you're connected with that can take care of that. Um, but, you know, j- jumping on the whole idea of having something coming in and having something coming out, when I when I do my coaching, one of the things I do is help people set up um, starting and ending rituals. Okay, so I work a lot with uh, police officers uh, right now, and and so what I ask them to do is when they're going, like a lot of times, especially if they have to be called in on call or it's an emergency or whatever. I say just practice the mindfulness as you put on your kit, as you're ready, as you're like putting on your uniform, doing all your other stuff. Understand what you're doing and take your, like, you know, you might have to go fast, but be aware of what you're doing because that's how you start. You, you're putting yourself in the mode to go to work. And then when you're done, you do it in reverse. It's like, okay. Okay, that's done. I took care of that. Now I can kind of undo what I did and re engage in my personal life, right? So this works all over the place, uh, no matter who you are, whether you're dealing with life or death stuff, or you're making widgets, right? I mean, it's the same sort of thing. The idea is the better we feel, the better we do. And so uh, how it is right now with workplaces, we as workplaces also have to take a little bit of responsibility or a lot of responsibility to help our 
our workers be healthy, be happy, feel good, because if they feel good in their general lives, they're going to show up ready to work. Right. And get, we're going to have better workers for it. So it's a really solid, positive investment. Lots of ROI. I can give you stats on that, but just f- suffice it to say that you get a lot, a lot of bang back for the buck you spend. Um, okay. A question came in on the text line. I think a lot of our listeners will have been through this experience, and uh, I don't know. I, I certainly haven't. It's uh, it's awful. But uh, Ryan says, I have a question. I have to put down my beloved cat this week, and I'm an emotional mess. I don't know how I'm going to cope. He has meant the world to me. I'm crying as I text this. Please, I need some advice. Thank you very much. Yeah. Dr. Gans? Yeah. There's no answer to that one, is there? Well, grief is grief, hey? And anytime we experience a loss, it's it makes sense and it's actually healthy that we give ourselves space to grieve. It's weird because we typically think about grief around like loss of a person, like a loss of a, like a uh, like a family member or whatever, right? But in a lot of ways, pets can be even closer than family members because because um, they they don't talk back, right? They 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 don't give you a hard time. They actually they're they're basically unconditional love all the time. And so when we lose that companionship. It is it is something that we do need to take the time to to grieve. So you know, my general advice for folks is to take the give yourself time, and it's, there's there's no set time. Yeah. Um, allow yourself to go through it. Don't fight it. The more the only way out of it is through it. Um, and this is again where you know a good support network, whether it's friends, family, clergy, or a mental health professional, can really help you work through that. Um, but it, it, it's hard. To, it is. It is very hard. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, and, but I do think having rituals around this as well, like a like a service for your pet, or, yeah. or you know, spending time, or just something to mark mark that connection and the end of that connection, can actually help it to make a difference. Go through a little easier. Yona, yeah, I, uh, I I feel for this person. I had to put down uh, one of my favorite pets, um, uh, Barney, not so long ago, and um, it was a big deal. And what we did, and what I suggest other people do, uh, both for human loss and for and for the loss of uh, a pet, really no difference. I mean, you love is, love is love, right? Um, do something in the memory of that person or that animal. So what we did Great in our job. family is we put together a little fundraiser, uh, donated a whole bunch of money to the Humane Society to help other other pets. So. I believe that the merits that of, of the good things you do today will impact the soul of the of the departed, whether it's a pet or a human. So uh, that being said, the best way to get out of grief is do good for others in the merit of the person or the pet that you've lost. I love that. Great idea. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Let me ask you, we've only got a minute, but maybe somebody wants to jump in on this. Part of what I felt when I had to do it twice, I almost mm. felt a sense of I was betraying my beloved pet because I'm driving mm. them to the vet. I know what's happening. Yeah. They, I mean, mm. it's almost like you're doing this to them in a way. Like I say, we've only got a minute, but how do you handle that? The way I handled it is I had a guy come into my house. There you go, yeah. Uh, a, a mobile service. We wrapped Barney up in his favorite yeah. blanket. Yeah. He slept on his favorite space. He had his favorite toy beside him. I was able to snuggle. I'm going to cry just thinking about it, right? Yeah, I know, right? And had him right beside me, Ready. So the best thing to do is, you know, to try to do it in home when you can. And uh, yeah, they know they're going to the pet, the, to the vet, and they either going to get a shot or they're not coming home. That's so, right. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, I think you know, a lot of times when we get to that time, we're actually helping. That's right. You Got to remember I mean? that. And we have to remember that we're 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 saving suffering. Yeah. At that point, right? And and that's that's sort of the final act of love. Yeah. For our pets. No matter how hard it may be. Yeah. Uh, great, great advice from both of you. Thank you so much. Um, but we'll be back with more of your questions and concerns for Yona Bud or Dr. Gans Ferentz. 
If you're not coping well with whatever your situation is and you don't know where to start to make it better, we will offer advice in minutes. This is Coping with therapist Yona Budd and Dr. Gans Ferentz, a registered psychologist on Shake Annam. We are presenting Coping for this hour, another half hour to go. We're speaking with a couple of special guests today. Today is Blue Monday. That's what it's called. And they call it that because, well, there's a bunch of reasons. It's considered to be the most depressing day of the year. And as you heard, two professionals here to help you, Yona Budd and Dr. Gans Farron. So if you'd like some guidance, if you'd like some help, if you're having some issues, call us. 780-496-0063-403-974-8255. You can also send us a text to those numbers, as always. Here's a text that I think will apply to... A whole lot of people out there right now. It it touches on a bunch of different issues. Um, We worked hard our whole life for retirement, but now, retired for a year, I'm being overwhelmed by children wanting help with their wants and childcare, and an aged parent with dementia. I feel sandwiched. I believe you're part of the sandwich generation. (laughs) Uh, Trying to give limits with children. One child has alienated us. The guilt of having to place a parent in dementia care, which I still go see daily. I feel selfish to say... I need my time to enjoy my life. I know a lot of people in the audience are dealing with this. Um, You guys must hear this all the time, right, Yona? Absolutely. Uh, First of all, the first thing I got to tell you is take your time Mm -hmm. to take your time. Because if you don't find yourself the time, and I know you feel a little guilty, and we all do, right? We all feel a little guilty when we take time out of uh, doing the things for others that we feel that we're obligated and want to do and from all the good place. But if we don't take time to take care of ourselves, then we're not going to have the energy, the strength, or the willpower, and and the best, and to be at your best to help others, you really need to be at your best. And in order to do that, uh, I'm sure Dr. Gans can expand on it. But in order to do that, um, I think it's very important that we uh, take that little selfish break every day. It's what's called self-care, my friends. And if you don't have time for self-care, there's no time to care for others. Dr. Gans. Well, well, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, you know, we don't. <sighs> So many of us are in the sandwich genera- generation. I'm I'm here myself right now. Yeah, I got, I, yeah I, so I got like my youngest is like 19 and I've got a mom who's 99. Right? Oh, and, wow. Yeah, wow. So, and I'm the, one of the wow. main caregivers for that. So, wow. you know, there's a lot of stuff going on there. Um, so we, it can definitely feel overwhelming. And we, like there's, I'm very familiar with the guilt and all that other stuff. One of the things that has really helped me was to recognize that, okay, you know what, I, I, you know, in, in my mom's case, I have to make sure that she gets certain things, certain care, but I don't necessarily have to do it myself. I just have to make sure that it gets done. Um, what I tell family families is, you know, there are things that people are professional around getting accomplished, right? They have the tools, they have this training, they have the, the, the personnel. But there are things that are emotional that only family members can do. And to Yona's point, if we don't take care of ourselves, if we don't prioritize ourselves and and make sure we're in good working order, then we won't be there for the things that only we can do. And, you know, because we're, we're too worn out doing the things that we can actually bring other people in to help, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it, it, people... We, we sometimes have a hard time with this because we're not taught this way to think, but we understand this with our vehicles. We don't reward the vehicle by putting gas in it after we've driven, 
right? We we actually we actually put gas in it so that we could drive. Yeah, and this is how it is. So we have to, uh, to Yona's point, make time for ourselves to be in good working order, and that means like getting good enough sleep, you know, being able to say no, getting comfortable saying no. Um, it's also making sure there's time for exercise, making sure there's time for connections that are not looking after somebody. You can actually just be with friends and go to a movie, yeah. right? Or go to for coffee or whatever, right? And then of course, mindset. Those are the four pillars that I usually teach people, you know, sleep, exercise, you know, good nutrition is also part of it and hydration. And then ma- make sure your mindset's good, but you gotta be able to say no, because if you well, don't say no, then your yeses are going to be, you know, you're going to wear yourself out. You're not going to be able to say yes. Another piece of that text that I think is important and I want to go into a little deeper. It, it sounds like they did say no when it comes to the kid uh, trying to put limits with the children. <laughs> One child has alienated mm-hmm. us. There could be a consequence to saying no. Yeah, the consequence is that your kids are going to learn that they don't always get what they want. Absolutely. Right. And, you know, I, I've made it very clear to my children. I got three older children, three older boys, 28, 29, 30, and, uh, and 42. And I made it very clear to them that I'm going to do the best I can to make sure they got all the skills possible that I can provide, mm-hmm. give them a little support when they need it. But beyond that, you got to figure your stuff out because mom and I are getting older and we're going to take care of ourselves. And we're spending money, we're going to spend our money traveling and doing good things. And, you know, we're here it's to help yours. if need be because uh, you know what because i'll tell you guys that's what my parents told me mm-hmm. my father helped me if i was down and out like really down and out but if i was being lazy and maybe could have done a little more taken on a second job or worked a little harder <laughs> i probably would have got there that's where he pushed me so it's nice to say no if they're not starving and on the street yeah, yeah. uh that's the that's the time that's the time you got to help them but if they're starving in on the street i mean that's the time not to help them but they're starving obviously you have to help them uh, and then you have to ask your, the question the problem is once you start to help them they get used to it and they don't and they and they don't let <laughs> like go pigeons. next thing you know next thing you know they're living <laughs> in your basement yep yep well th- this is a thing and I tell this a lot to the, the clients I work with. You don't want to handicap your kids, right? Yeah, that like exactly. I mean, we, we we love our children, want to do the best we can for them, but we have yeah. to, or, or our parents. We don't want to handicap our parents yeah. either, right? Um, we we you know saying no on both ends is important um, because for kids especially, our job as parents is to raise healthy, happy, productive, self-sufficient individuals to release into the wild. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So they have to know how to survive in the wild. If, if, the, if the functioning of our home or the family environment doesn't mirror the real world, they're going to be handicapped. They're not going to know what to do, and they're going to be freaked out the first time somebody tells them no or somebody requires them to, like, you know, follow up on something yeah. or, you know what I mean? Um, so we want to make sure that, like, reminding people, reminding parents, people in the sandwich generation, that saying no is a healthy, loving, responsible thing to do even if there are consequences, as Yona mentioned, right? But, you know, the kids, when they get a little older, they'll probably recognize oh, thank that, you, you know, oh, man, I'm sorry I give you such a hard yeah. time, mom, dad, grandpa, whoever. Yeah. Thank you for doing that. I see what happens to people who don't get that kind of training. We don't want to. We don't want to enable entitled kids, right? We don't want to enable entitled kids. And sometimes exactly. you just have to kick their ass out and let them figure it out. Uh, you know, there's lots of couches to find and lots of friends that can support them. Uh, and you know, I see it a lot with parents that have uh, that have uh, older older kids, you know, late twenties, early thirties, that perhaps have a substance abuse disorder, and they're in their basement getting yeah. high and getting drunk, and the parents are just afraid to to do anything, so they're kind of stuck in this in this vortex of living an abused lifestyle. 
now by being abused by their kid. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not healthy. It's not healthy for you as a parent, and it's certainly not healthy for the individual that you're that yep. you're, uh, you're you're sort of trying to cover up uh, their losses and their and their and their lack of ability to care for themselves. So, like Doctor Gan said, you know, you're going to be able to make sure that they can go out and hunt yep. and not just give them fish to eat every day. Yeah, man, great advice. Tough to do. Tough to do as a parent of a yeah for sure. Twenty year old and a twenty two year old. It's hard. It's not easy. Yeah, they'll yeah. thank you later, though. I hope real. so. All right. <laughs> Pick up the phone now to get advice in minutes. You might think you're just talking to a couple of therapists about the tough spot you're in, but you'll be helping thousands of people who feel the same way you do. This is Coping with therapist Yona Budd and Dr. Gantz Ferentz, a registered psychologist on Shea Gannam. Yeah, and still time for your calls to our guest today. As I said, therapist Yona Budd, psychologist Dr. Gans Ferentz, both here helping us through Blue Monday this year. So give us a call. Copy that. 403-974-8255-780-496-0063. A couple of really good texts here. I hope we can get to both of them. Uh, I'm going to start with this one. No name. I am 48, and I feel like I may be near the end of getting work if I keep drinking so much. I always call mm. in sick, a.k.a. hungover, or I drink all day. I lost my girlfriend of 25 years due to my drinking. I've been living in a hotel room alone for two years now. I don't know how to stop this. I miss sharing my life with a woman who cares about me. I think, you know, early January, a lot of people might be having thoughts like this. Yeah. Um, who wants to start with this one? Yeah, that's right up my alley. Um, so, uh, first of all, I really feel your pain, and I, I, I want you to recognize that you're not alone. Uh, there's lots of people out there that are feeling like that right now today, that are right now having a lunchtime drink or two or three because they don't have the strength to go back to work. Mm-hmm. So you're, not, you're not by yourself number one. Number two, you got to stop this right now. So depending on the amount of the amount that you drink, you need to stop drinking the amount that you're drinking today. You need to switch from hard alcohol to beer and you need to start trimming yourself back if you can. So you don't get the shakes from let's say a dozen beer to 10 beer to eight beer to six beer to four beer to two beer to zero beer. You need to do this in conjunction with your doctor. You need to go see a doctor. And you need to tell your doctor, I want to quit drinking, and I'm such and such years, I'm 50-something years old, I've been drinking most of my life, because if you don't see your doctor and you try to quit tomorrow like everyone tells you to, you're likely going to drop dead of a heart attack. Mm -hmm. So get your doctor's care, make sure you're doing this in a supportive way, do all this while trimming yourself back slowly. If you can't get to a doctor, if you can get to a government-sponsored detox center in whatever city you live in, most hospitals have these systems in place to offer government-supported medical detox. If you, that's what you need you need to get sober first and then reach out to somebody that can help you and get into a support group like smart recovery or aa there's no simple way to do this my friend you just got to put the damn thing down and you got to move forward without it and the only way to do it is with help and support both from a medical professional from the from from those in the community that provide support around sober living and uh whatever friends and family are around you engage them in your sobriety Mm -hmm. let them know that you're making these choices because you want to be a better person and celebrate each day that you drink less or get sober. Dr. Gantz? 100%. Yeah, no, fully, fully back up everything you said, Yona. Um, and, and, you know, the, the, the last two things, especially the, the social support, making sure that you're around people who 
care about you or support you or, and, and understand what's going on and the celebration. I say celebration is a fuel for future success and whatever, we, we tend to be negative generally, um, but what we know about addictions or any bad habit that we have is when we feel shame, when we feel like exhaustion, we feel anger, we feel a lot of what we consider negative emotions, those are the things that fuel our bad habits, our addictions mm-hmm. or whatever, because really our addictions are our, our kind of misguided attempt to to self self care to to feel good and to avoid pain and that sort of thing right so you know everything that Jonas said hundred percent but also give yourself some sense of nurturing environment uh, so that you can actually feel like you're supported as you're going through this and then be able to dig into some of the deeper issues around well where does this come from what's fueling this and what's making this happen as we go forward. There's nothing like walking into an AA meeting the first day you're starting to get sober and say to everybody, it's my first day here. I've never been here before. And then watch what happens. Uh-huh. Yeah. You won't leave, you won't leave the building alone. Uh-huh. Yeah. So there you go. I, again, ask for help. Uh, this is a tough one. Um, I'll put it to you. It's from Elaine. My 50 plus year old daughter cut communications with me over a year ago. I know I am grieving this a lot. We, her dad, me and her attended a lot of counseling to try and work it out. Didn't work. Seems useless now and I'm getting old and I don't want it to end like this. How do I deal with that? Wow. That's hard. That that is hard. You know that that sense of being cut off, that sense of you know, a, a sense of abandonment that might should this person might be feeling, Elaine. Um, uh, tough situation, um, but there's no way to not to. There's no way to control this ending in a certain way. It's going to end how it ends. Unfortunately, um, one of the things that I suggest to people is like. Let your loved person, your loved one, know that you love them, you care about them, but also that you respect them enough, you love them enough to honor their decision. If their decision is to have less contact, if their decision is to not talk, then you want to honor that because the more you push, unfortunately, even though even though your heart's in the right place, that you know you want to connect and and reestablish relationship, the more you push, the more they push back, especially if they feel like this is something that you're not honoring. So when you honor that, it actually calms them down enough, lets lets things settle more, so that then they can maybe start to miss you a little bit, especially if you let them know, hey, listen, is it okay? Like, maybe I just drop you a line, send you a text on your birthday or on Christmas or whatever, let you know I'm still here. The door's always open. And if there are ways we can work through this and get to a place of reconciliation, let's do that. But until you are ready, I'm going to honor your decision. I'm going to honor your wishes to have some space for me. It's very hard, very, very hard. But what I've seen happen is over time, people actually start to... They have enough space to actually start to come back and, and work on the relationship, and but it may take some time. Yeah, to, to Dr. Gans's point, the only thing I would change or alter to that is don't ask for permission. Um, I went through this with one of my sons. It doesn't matter which one for several years. He was with a girlfriend that kind of soured his mindset. We don't have to get into that. It's another discussion. So what I did is every Friday, being that Friday is my is our Sabbath, um, every Friday night I would send them a message, a Sabbath related or just a, a message, hey, hope you're well. Just want you to know I love you. I did that for a year and a half before I got one back. Uh, every birthday I would send him something a gift. I deliver it by courier, uh, not asking for anything. I don't need permission. No one needs permission to reach out to their loved ones to tell them that they love them. So don't wait for that permission. And if they don't like it, that's their problem. You have to do what you have to do that's good for you. And part of this also comes from remembering that even though they're family, 
you may be in a relationship that doesn't make you feel so good about yourself. Yep. So why be in a relationship with anybody that doesn't make you feel good about yourself, child or otherwise? All I, w- all I would recommend is do what I did, frankly, is make sure I could sleep at night. So I did the right thing. I did my Friday messages. I sent my birthday messages. I did the things that I could do so I could sleep at night knowing I did the best I could. The rest is on them. The o- the only thing is is just you know yes I agree with Yona <laughs> put these out there you know let them know you're still there you want them to come back but but it's it's really such a fine line is what I've seen right so don't ask permission if you don't need to ask permission but you'll know based on what the relationship is or what what the relationship isn't if that's a useful thing or not but but reaching out and letting them know you're there for sure on a regular basis while not drowning them in in like you know messages or whatever that's that's the big that's, so, the, that's yeah the, yeah the I, thing, I, right? I I I get it Dr. Gans but they can also block me if they want to right uh, yeah, well, I guess so. Yeah, now they can. Yeah, but, but, but here's the thing. If you're calling them all the time, it's like you're leaving voicemails uh, what? or whatever, I guess you can block Yeah, I agree too. with you. All the time yeah. doesn't work. But for yeah. me, at least a once a week check-in or yeah, for yeah. somebody maybe yeah. once a month check-in if you feel better whatever, about that. Whatever's good. Yeah, absolutely. But, but holding yourself back, like, with, you know, desperate to try to connect, I think it provides sleepless nights, un- unhealthy stomachs, and just not a good place to be. Yeah. Okay, let's uh, get one more in here if we have time. We've only got a few minutes. Um, This is from Jennifer, sent me an email. I'm a self-admitted news junkie, and I become increasingly exhausted with the overwhelming amount of groups, organizations, issues, special people, causes, social injustices, the environment that get airtime and develop public awareness. It's not that I'm an unempathetic person, but I just feel I'm running out of gas with it all. It feels like every cause is the cause. I'm over 50, struggling with all the change and the thoughts of, what about personal responsibility choices? Uh, I appreciate we're evolving as a society, but I can't help but feel like things are piling up. I think it's about managing change. I struggle with expressing these thoughts and being perceived as uncaring, uncompassionate, and unenlightened while trying to balance that against how hard I've worked to provide myself and feelings of like, I'm losing the life I've worked so hard to create for myself. Times are topsy-turvy, Dr. Gans. I can see where she's coming from. They are, right? A lot of stuff coming at us, right? Excuse me. And, um, you know, managing change, change is always, it it creates physiological stress. Whenever we, even if we're going from a position of where it doesn't work, a dysfunctional position to a position of better health, the change, that transition can be really difficult for a lot of people, right? Um, there is there is this uh, general feeling that uh, we have to be super woke and we got to like be on top of everything and always like boycotting the right places and supporting the right places. And look, it gets exhausting. It really, really can get exhausting. I'm personally one of those people who I'm, I'm more progressive. I do like positive change and evolution and stuff like that. But I also know that it does take personal responsibility. It does take us being able to deal with some hard things and not being so ready to, um, you know, find a cause or do, you know, looking for ways to be negative about stuff, right? Um, One of the things that does help people manage change is to look at stuff that is still stable. What do we have? What can we control and predict? And how can we flow in our lives in a predictable way? And that might be something as simple as making your bed every morning. It might be going to bed at the same time. Something you can control. Something you can control because overall, when there's change and transition in our lives, the more stability we have, that helps to helps us to fill that particular need so we can manage a change a lot better. Yoni yeah, Yoni, I've only got a minute to go here. 
Yeah, real quick, uh, change is an opportunity to grow. If you don't look at growth as a way to get forward, 70s and 80s aren't going to look so good for you. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely right. Um, We've covered a lot of ground here. I think we've helped a lot of people, but if if there's one message I'm taking away is look after yourself. Almost everything Mm -hmm. that we talked about is, hey, look after yourself first or you're no good to anybody else, right? 100%. Yeah, excellent. Um, Yona Bud, Dr. Gans, Ferenc, thank you both so much for being here today. I really do appreciate it. I enjoyed it, too. You guys are your rock stars. Excellent stuff. Yeah, you're awesome, too, buddy. Uh, thanks so much. Thanks so um, much. Dr. Gans, Ferenc is a registered psychologist and overwhelmed specialist in Edmonton. For practical, down-to-earth advice, visit askdrgansvip.com. That's G-A-N-Z. Yona Bud is a performance coach, therapist, and host of At Your Best on 630 Chet and QR Calgary, Saturdays at 9. You can get in touch with him at Yona Bud. Bud.com. That's Yona, Y-O-N-A-H, Bud with two Ds, dot com. Again, thanks so much, guys.